Welcome to Make Money Count. This show was originally recorded live to air on News Talk 1010, where we may have used some music that we cannot redistribute through podcast platforms. If you'd like to hear the show in its entirety, please check out the show on YouTube, where the royalties are being paid to the artists. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome in. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Hello. It is great. It is great to have you. We've been doing the show for a few weeks now. I have learned over the course of doing this show one thing that keeps coming through from our text messages, from uh, the calls that we take, and that is that people honestly have no clue what they're doing when they become involved in a mortgage. There are very few out there who may, but for the vast majority of them, it's it's a very unnerving and scary experience. They're not comfortable in it. They don't understand what they're doing, and they, you know it's it's like that. You know it's like the scene in Glengarry Glen Ross when he holds the pen out and says, you know, sign, sign, sign. And they take the pen and sign it and have no idea. Never more brought home perfectly than by the very first caller we had on this show who had no idea what she had. She thought she had a HELOC. If it turns out she had a mortgage, goodness knows what she had. If you don't know what you have, if you have no idea what you're paying for, if you don't honestly understand the interest rates you're paying, that's why the guys are here. 416-872-1010 is the number to call. Give us a shout. Let us know, you know what kind of situation you're in. And... You know, as happened with that very first caller, you may find out that there's some great options available to you. And I guess, Marcus, that's the that's the other issue that comes through is that so many of the people that we talk to, so many of the people that send us text messages figure that what they have is what they got. You know, they've, they've qualified, therefore they're stuck, therefore that's their lot in life, and they're moving forward. And time and time again, um, you know, you guys talk to them for 30 seconds, and all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of options out there that they had no idea existed. It really, it really is unfortunate. I think we spoke about this a little bit last week, right? It's almost a uniquely Canadian characteristic to be very trusting and understanding of a bank's position. But really, people do need to take better care of themselves, of their own mortgages. Like you should know far more about your personal finances than a lot of us do. And it, you know, it's always really, it's always really pronounced to start thinking about it. If you can imagine, your mortgage is paid with after-tax dollars, so. And if for the most part, unless someone's making it tax efficient with the tax deductible uh, interest, which is something we can discuss. But if you're using after-tax dollars to pay for your mortgage, you know, it's almost $2 for every dollar of serviceability that you're, that, you're, wow. that you're dealing with. So it is of the utmost importance that your interest rate is always the lowest it can possibly be. It is of the utmost importance that if you're in a bad mortgage, it's time to break it. And using your home and its equity to reduce your overall cost of capital is one of the smartest, easiest, most effective ways people can increase their disposable income without getting a part-time job. The problem though, Marcus, is that you're talking like a business professional. You say, if you're in a bad mortgage, I, I could take the mic down to the corner, Queen and John, right now and say to the, the first 30 people that show up, 
do you have a bad mortgage? And they'd say, I don't know. I mean, I pay my mortgage. What do you mean? Again, they don't know. And they, for some reason, you're right. It's maybe a Canadian thing. They won't ask. They just keep paying. They right. just keep paying out. Right. And it could be tens of thousands of dollars a year that they're just weeing down the drain. Well, I'll tell you, right off the bat with Connect, what we've built is a, a brokerage that's, that's built on technology. And as soon as we enter in someone's mortgage information, we understand immediately whether or not they can save money by switching or breaking or renegotiating with their existing lender. As an existing Connect client, we go one step further. As soon as your data is entered into our system, every single day, whenever an interest rate changes from any Canadian financial institution, it's entered into our system and our borrower is notified automatically that there is an opportunity to save money. So oh. it, it's definitely not something that's overly complicated. I mean, it's just, if you think about it, it's a few, of, a, few, a few equations. As long as you understand what the penalty to break your existing mortgage is, and that is always determined by the contract you sign into on a variable rate mortgage, it's really simple. For the most part, it's three months of interest. It's a bit of a misnomer. A lot of people think it's actually three months of payments, but it works out to about one and a half payments when you think about it at three months interest. On a fixed rate mortgage, it can get a little trickier. The banks are allowed to use something called IRD or interest rate differential penalty, which is the difference between the rate that you received on your contract, essentially, and the discount you received at that time and what the prevailing rate is on a mortgage of the same term as you have remaining in your maturity. All of these variables are entered into our system in real time on a daily basis. So if you're one of the Connect family, you're gonna get notified the moment your mortgage is out of the money. And I'll, t I'll take a minute here to explain kind of what it is that I do here as a customer service rep. I, I, my job is to kind of go through these files and see the numbers that are automatically created by the system. They create what's called a filter that we go through. And I'm supposed to call up these people and say, hey, you're in a bad mortgage. You're one of our clients and you know I'm supposed to spark that conversation and let them know this information to bridge that gap over to Justin, who then brokers that deal. Like this is how we work with our clients. This is how they're, we're always making sure that we're working with them. They're always in the best product. If you're not in our system though, we can't do this for you, right? That's, that's the missing gap. And this is why we're trying to reach out to as many people. Join the Connect team, you know, get, just give us a call, give, give us your information. Let us see what we can do for you. Matthew, you pointed out last week, I mean, it's a point of personal pride with you guys to make sure that the person approaching you does get the absolute best offer they can qualify for. You know, it, this isn't just some kind of, you know, uh, machine thing where they're in and out and in and out and in and out. I mean, every single customer, you guys go overboard to make sure that they're getting the best possible deal that they can. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take this moment just to say hi to Wilma, who gave me a call through the week, uh, actually listening to the hi, show Wilma. probably right now. She <laughs> she was listening last week, and she <laughs> actually it. she told me Friday the exact same thing. Like the customer service has been uh, uh, outstanding, just because like you know I, I reached out to her two or three times throughout the week. Um, uh, you know, uh, her, her son's involved with the deal, so I've been talking to him as well. 
And it's just, it's just about that communication and about making them feel safe and confident. And then, you know, we talked about the numbers. We we talked about, they, she reached out for a re- reverse mortgage. Is it the right time to bridge back into another reverse mortgage? Hers is coming up for a maturity. She wants to keep the equity in the home. How do we make that happen? What are the plans here? You know, the, do we want to take some equity out to get them into a better place for next year? Like what, what is the, what's the plan, right? And that's, that, you know, takes a couple of days of conversation. It takes a, you know, a mm. family meeting. Uh, it takes you taking that uh, time with your family and coming back to us and, and then like get every, getting everybody on the same page together. But I mean, it's again, I think because, you know, you guys are so involved in your industry, you know, the, the people out, out here, us, us folks out here, um, don't, don't, um, you know, don't understand that for us, it's a huge deal. And it's funny because someone will sit on the phone for an hour and a half, not with the phone company, cause they're great, but the cable company is a good example. <laughs> um, and they'll sit and they'll bitch about a $10 bill and, and how they need to get that $10 back. And then they'll go on Facebook and say, hey, I just saved 15 bucks. It was supposed to only be 10, but I got them down to 15 and aren't I great? And yet, there's, meanwhile, there's thousands of dollars a year tripling out of that uh, out of that tap because for some reason, the larger the figure, the larger the money, the more reluctant they are to actually do something about it. Well, it's scary. Right, it's it's scary to start renegotiating your mortgage. Sometimes we'll get phone calls where a prospective client is actually worried about offending their bank. Oh, I, I believe that I have a good relationship with mm. my branch manager. I wouldn't ever want to have to ask for a discharge statement, or you know, like what they don't realize is an extra one percentage point on a million bucks is ten thousand dollars of after-tax money every single year. If your relationship is, was that a, good, the manager would be telling you to go. Yeah. yeah exactly. And you know what? I'll tell you, a, lo- a lot of times um, the branch manager will simply say, you know, yes, you know, you're doing the right move. You're going with a mortgage broker sure. because they understand that our rates are really, really competitive. And a lot of times banks just can't compete. So if you are out there and you have any concern that your mortgage might be out of the money, or guess what? Even if you just wanna check and your mortgage might be fantastic, our service is entirely free, right? It takes seconds on the phone, or if you go on our website, you can check to see if your mortgage is properly priced, if you are in the right product. Regardless of whether you need new money or not, whether your mortgage is coming up for renewal imminently, or you just got it a couple months ago, Guys, there is a lot of stigma around the mortgage industry, and one of them is that you need to get qualified with a major bank or else you will pay huge in fees and interest rates. Listeners, listen up. Listening to you guys the last couple of weeks, I have been led to believe that that is not necessarily true. There's an industry of alternative leaders out there who offer competitive interest rates, and the fees don't really weigh into account due to the type of clients these products serve, such as, as we've talked before, self-employed people out there, uh, people with bad credit, especially over this last year, man, you cannot blame them for that. You guys refer to these types of lenders as B lenders. Can you cover up what is a B lender? Sure. Yeah. Listen, this is an industry-wide term. So B lender is really anyone who is out there serving non-prime clients. So as we know, the Canadian government has imposed a stress test in order to qualify for a mortgage. That stress test requires your income 
to be able to service a mortgage that is at a much higher interest rate than the the mortgage that you actually have. So for people who are self-employed, first off, they can often find themselves displaced. They can almost, you know, find themselves not qualifying for the mortgage they have right now, let alone some mortgage that they may want to get. In those cases, we can do a rather exhaustive search to ensure that we can get them the mortgage that they need from a bank. But if that doesn't work, or a prime lender, but if that doesn't work, there are lenders that do not require the same level of income verification or lenders that cater specifically to self-employed. And a lot of people think that these lenders are way, way more expensive, but that's not the case. Mm. We've got some lenders that are offering rates that are a half a percentage point to one percentage point higher than what you'd see as kind of the market, you know, well-advertised five-year fixed or variable rate. This goes for people that have bad credit. There's, there are so many instances where people can find themselves in a position where they just don't qualify for the, you know, 99 basis point variable rate mortgage. And that's okay. Uh, there's a lot of solutions. Mm. What we like to do at Connect, our, our main focus is a constant focus on ensuring that our borrowers are getting to lower cost capital. It's like water finding the, the lowest point, right? If you are always working towards repairing credit, you're always working to ensuring that your debt servicing ratios are where they need to be, that's where we want to see you. That's when we know we're doing our job. Matthew, uh, you're dealing with the front lines, you know, as a CSR, you're handing off to Justin. And one of the things that I read in the intro there were, you know, the, the, and it, it sticks with me and I do bring it up often because I think it's important for people to hear. And that is that, you know, there's a lot of people out there up until last March, man, they had perfect credit. And all of a sudden, over the last year, that credit may have gone right, right down and they want to build it up. They need to rebuild it up, obviously. But there's a stigma about bad credit. And the last thing you want to do is, is pick up the phone and have someone else, you know, ah, I like to apply and, uh, you know, well, the credit's not so good. And then you hear all the excuses and all that. You can feel that they're embarrassed about that. And as I said during the intro, after this past year and a half, there is no reason whatsoever to feel embarrassed about it, especially if you're working to build it up again. Yeah, sorry. This is actually Justin. Hi, Ian. How's it going? Hi, Justin. How are you? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I thought I would kick in here. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, listen, please. you know, like you said, over the past year and a half, whatever, has been extremely tough for clients, right? Um, you know, we're seeing, you know, people with maxed out credit cards, you know, consumer proposals, you know, whatever kind of credit situation they're getting themselves into it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that is, this is not the end of the line, right? A lot of people think that, you know, if they've, if they've had a bruised credit or if they have a bruised credit report, that there's absolutely nothing that can be done. Or the only thing that can be done is some sort of outrageous, you know, say private mortgage or something like that. And that's mm -hmm. just not the case. That's just not the case. Yeah. I think that's a very, very widespread belief out there that, you know, if you don't go to the banks, all of a sudden, you, you know, you're dealing with mob rates to try and, and get your mortgage. And as you're saying this hour, that is just absolutely not true. I'm, I am curious, you know, what are, you know, can you give me some idea of who would be an ideal B lender candidate? 
Yeah. I mean, so, so, you know, credit issues, right? Any, anyone above a BLO, sorry, 650, um, which is not a really a bad credit score is pretty much non-bankable. Um, so, so anyone, like we said, with bruised credit, uh, credit issues, um, people who are self-employed, you know, I tell clients all day long, if you are self-employed, the amount of money that you are going to have to pay to qualify for these mortgages with a big bank or with a, what we what, say, like an A lender, uh, is going to outweigh the small, like the incremental increase on interest rate that you're going to pay with a B lender, right? Because, you know, the, the, the tax rate for you might be, um, you know, outrageous, right? So, mm. so yeah, so credit income, um, you know, um, there's lots of different, any, pretty much anyone who's non-bankable, right? So I'll, I'll take a minute here and I'll explain. I have some personal friends that reached out to, to the team uh, at the beginning of the year that, uh, you know, uh, he, one guy's a DJ, the other one's got, she's uh, got her own business and she, she needed to, she uh, uh, was in like beauty care and that industry completely shut down through COVID. Uh, D, he was a DJ, it, no more weddings through COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. so what are these people going to do to, and they're living a pretty good life, pretty, you know, they, they, have, they own their own home. They have kids, they, you know, uh, they have their own car. They, they need to make ends meet. So what are they going to do? She sees this, uh, availability of, of online sales. She sees this market and she knows she has equity in the house. So she reached out to us and, and Justin took the time to explain this idea where, uh, let's take some equity in the house. Let's expand your business online. And in six months from now, when you have more income coming in, we can requalify you from the business income with a B lender. And how does that work? Well, you're not, you're not claiming if your business is making 200,000 a year, but you're claiming $40,000 a year, it's hard to qualify with a bank. Sure. Yep. That you know, it's just hard to qualify with a bank to do anything if you're marked down forty, and that's what they're going to look at. They do not care about your independent business. They don't care if you're a YouTuber or a, you know a DJ. They don't care about these things. And and this is where you can show, hey, I have a steady income coming in. This is like actually paying me pretty well. Look at this. This is in in a world with new technologies and new industries, online sales, Etsy stores, DJs, like these people weren't existing in the world to be able to buy a home 10 years ago how do we keep that dream alive for them you know the b lenders bridge that gap they turn around they say we're going to look at the business income the bit you run your business out of your home your 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 business your home expense is a business expense we are going to qualify your business income to qualify you to get this mortgage. So if your company is making 200,000 a year and you're making 40,000 a year on paper, your the amount of what you qualify for goes up exponentially through that business income. And and if you're in a two income home and you're both self-employed, you need to give us a call. You need to give us a Marcus, call. Marcus, this is this is a good chance to explain. By the way, you want to give them a call 416-766-2666. 416-766-2666. And this is a good, as good a time as any to explain just how Connect works. And one of the key, key areas here is that you don't deal with brokers. Yeah, so we we are our own brokerage and we're we're set up on a little bit of a different model. So everyone that you speak to at Connect is a salaried employee. There is no commission. There's no, we're not, you're not making any more or less money 
when, when you do a mortgage for somebody. Our goal is to provide unbiased advice. And what we've done is we've vertically integrated into the lender. So we are a lender as well. So if we see a client who we know is of very little risk, a client who is just newly non-bankable, has been displaced by the stress test or COVID, out of work, bad credit, will supplement whatever it is that their requirement is. So if we can get them some amount of money from an A lender and then supplement that with some of our own capital to improve their credit, improve the stability of their financial situation as we move towards lower cost capital. It's a constant migration to lower cost capital. And this structure, the way that we're structured by having our own capital, by dealing directly with our own investors and our own borrowers, we're able to eliminate all of the middlemen in this transaction. We're able to ensure that every client, every borrower gets the most efficiently priced dollar for their mortgage and every investor gets every dollar of the return that they deserve for the risk that they are incurring for with their capital. Phone lines open, by the way, for your calls, questions, comments, 416-872-1010. And you can also send us a text message. If you're not doing the contest thing, you can send us a regular question at 71010. Guys, let's uh, check out the phone lines. Stanley, good afternoon. Thank you for calling. What's your question? Uh, yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I was calling because uh, the mortgage on my house is uh, going to finish maybe in like six months or so. Uh, but my income has been great because I own a restaurant and, you know, it's been on and off and like, uh, things like that. But uh, with the patios opening up, I'm uh, hoping the income would go back up. But, uh, the mortgage broker I spoke to previously said that the, uh, the banks usually take two years of income or something like that. So I was wondering, uh, if these guys on the show have any other ideas, what they might be able to help for someone like me. Yeah, Stanley, uh, Thank you very much for the call. Um, I can only imagine you're probably going through a really tough time right now. And um, I listen, everyone's happy that the patios are open and hopefully we can, you know, your revenue starts to pick up. Uh, your house is a tool. The equity that you have in it is something that you can use like, a, like another household income. So my my suggestion we got to dive into this a little more to identify exactly how much equity there is but there is there's definitely a huge opportunity here to utilize some of that equity to bridge you and then there are many products available from non-bank lenders um that you'll find are are quite competitive so what what i think the first thing we would do is we would analyze whether it makes sense based on the pricing of your existing mortgage to break your mortgage and go into a B mortgage that might be at a slightly higher interest rate. And we'll weigh that option against the option of, like I said earlier, supplementing your needs right now with a second mortgage. That, and this is done, you know, it's, it's really transparent. It's actually, we use something called weighted average cost of capital. And it's unfortunate. A lot of Canadians don't know what that means. It's, it sounds complicated, but it really isn't. Weighted average cost of capital just means 
if you take the, and think about it like weights, if you take the percentages of the debt that you have and the interest rates associated with each of those relative percentages. So if you have a, let's just use some, some easy numbers for an example. Let's say you have $100,000 of total debt. You have $80,000 of debt in a first mortgage at 2%, and then you get $20,000 in debt at 10%. In order to arrive at the weighted average cost of capital, you calculate that you have 80% of your debt at 2%, and you have 20% of your debt at 10%. So those equal, those weightings get blended together. I'll do the math quick because I know Justin can't. Just kidding, <laughs> Justin. So 80% on 2%, 80% at 2% is 1.6 and 20% on 10 is, Justin, two. Two. Okay. I hate so you have a weighted. I, I know it's the worst. <laughs> okay. You have a. Yeah. And it doesn't help that Marcus is a super genius. Like, yeah. it doesn't this help. This is at where all. I'm no, waving no, no, no. my arms in the air going, don't ask me, don't ask me, don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay. Ian, you're up, you're up next. Okay. But uh, the, so the weighted average cost of capital for this borrower is 3.6%. So if it makes sense to break that mortgage and go into a brand new second mortgage, that second mortgage would have to be lower than what interest rate? 3.6%. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be lower than 3.6%. And you gotta take into account that there's gonna be a penalty to break, there's gonna be some legal costs associated with it. And then the final thing that everyone should always take into account is time horizon. Because the length of time that you need that, that capital for, Stanley, I hope, and I'm sure you and your family do also, is not going to be very long. So if mm. you know that your restaurant is going to get up and running again in six months, like you're going to get back to full cash flow. And we all hope, hope so. And listen, you do a great service. We like, you know, I just heard during the break, CFRB is supporting restaurants. I think that's fabulous. A small business, I think it's fabulous. I think we all should be supporting our local small businesses and, and, and restaurants like yours. And I really do think that within six months, you'll get back up to full steam. So if you don't need to break a mortgage, incur those costs, go into a higher interest rate B mortgage, even though they're, they're really not that different, it might make sense for you to take a second just for a short period of time. And we've got some incredible options. I mean, I, I, I don't see every single deal that everybody works on, but I can tell you that we do second mortgages second mortgage charges as low as 4.5%. So if you are contemplating some type of a move right now, it's just math. It comes down to the numbers. Weighted average cost of capital is something that I think they should be teaching way before anybody has to be subjected to a calculus class. <laughs> okay, that was great. Uh, all my friends have told me like the second mortgages are really expensive, but that makes a lot of sense. Thank you, guys. Okay, great. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much. Emily. Really appreciate it. Uh, and Marcus, I believe you had a question for me about the airspeed of an unladen African swallow. 
<laughs> I would like to clarify that. Six. I, I said I would like You're to clarify that I'm very good with math. I just need a calculator and a little bit more time than Marcus's brain dies. As I said, it's one of the famous off-air things is me waving my hands at people, going, "Don't ask me, don't ask me. I have no idea. I just, I just turned microphones." Four one six eight seven two ten ten. Great question there, and Justin, a really interesting angle also, which brings back one of my mantras on the show apparently, which is don't be your own CSR. Pick the phone up and ask questions right now. Call in, text in, and get your questions because I could see that that two year, you know, you got to submit your earnings for two years and all that kind of stuff. Man, if I just went to the bank, that's what they told me. I'd probably just shrug and walk out and think. I'm up the creek without a paddle. And the frustrating part is you guys are sitting there with canoes and paddles ready to help me out. Yeah. 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 No, totally. I mean, yeah, the, the two-year average thing is is easily um navigatable, right? Like, like we're talking about on the show, these alternative lenders, these B lenders, the only thing that they're gonna want to gonna want to see for someone who's self-employed is six months of deposits going into your account. So, you know, um, the ease at which you can show that uh, compared to, you know, two years of your tax returns is, is especially in this time right now, it's, right? So. It's like what, what I mentioned earlier about uh, my friend starting this business. You know, we used six months of her business, her brand new online business bank statements. She didn't need to use two years history. She had two years in the world. She could show like two years in that mm -hmm. beauty industry world that she had the experience. But when it came down to the numbers, six months bank statements. Uh, I got to ask you really quickly, I want to get to the calls, but I'm curious, Marcus, I was thinking about this earlier and I didn't get a chance. Just quickly, when you woke up, you know, whatever it was, 10, 20 years ago and said, I am going to start Connect. Why? Hmm. So I was... I mean, a, make you rethink your, your choice. That wasn't the, the point there. Is, is never, never. No, I, I, I absolutely love it. I love what I do. So uh, I was in... Uh, I was at a big Canadian bank and I was an investment banker out of school and I was building models on Excel spreadsheets of companies and analyzing free cash flow and reading through their uh, you know quarterly reports and it was in the, actually specifically it was in the auto parts industry and it was so boring and I I I didn't deal with people directly and I didn't really feel like I was I was making any type of difference, and my my uncle had had a had a had a very small brokerage at the time, and suggested that I go to work for him, and I gave it some thought, and and I did. I pulled the trigger. I went and I had to. I think I had to actually repay a signing bonus that I received. Ooh. So if my mom is listening, mommy, thank you very much for repaying <laughs> the signing bonus to the Bank of Nova Scotia. Um, and I went out and I, I, I started, you know, just knocking on doors and, yeah. and I found out very quickly how much of an opportunity there was to make an impact in, in the mortgage business. And, and the reason for that is that there are so many well entrenched, well capitalized players. And those are the banks, and they've become complacent. They've become, for lack of a better word, lazy, and they Great do point. not yeah. properly yeah. service. They're not properly servicing their borrowers. And there's a real opportunity. I tell I, I tell the office all the time. 
I don't know what the name of the bird is. You probably do based on your uh, question to me, but there's a bird that just feeds off of an elephant's back or there's a sucker fish that sucks onto a shark. Matthew, what's the answer? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to have to Google that. <laughs> but, but, but our, like, our, um, our role in the ecosystem is growing. I mean, mortgage brokers now account for almost half of all mortgages that are originated in Canada. If what's happening in the United States is any indication, which it usually is of the evolution of this industry, we're likely to be at 80 or 90% within the next five to 10 years. So it is an increasingly important role. And I think that it's, it's, it's one that I'm so fortunate of to have, to have entered into so early on. I mean, it, listen, it was not easy building this business, but it was a lot of fun. And all of the great people I've met along the way, both as you know, clients, borrowers, investors, and you know, more importantly, as I sit on your show with Justin and Matt and like the amazing team we have at Connect, who without them, like, like let's let's there's no make no mistake about it. Connect mm. is nothing but the combination of a great group of people as a core and a great group of investors and a great group of borrowers. I'm going to answer your question, and I'm going to answer it as an adult, and then I'm going to move on to the phone line, okay? The birds okay. that feed off an elephant's back are called oxpeckers. This is the News Talk <laughs> Mortgage Show, and let's check in with Brenda. Brenda, good afternoon. Welcome in. Which question? Hi. Um, my husband and I have recently separated, and we've agreed that I will take the house along with the debt that we have. Um, but I'm having difficulties getting um, a mortgage from the bank because I only took on full time at the end of September and they say that I don't make enough to carry it. But our house has two apartments and on the main floor, my sister and her husband rent from us. And on the second floor apartment, my sister and her husband live with me and they rent from me. So, um, but they're saying that's still not enough. My husband says he'll stay on the mortgage, but that's not ideal because it's not fair because he can't buy anything as long as he's on my mortgage. Oh my so. God, Brenda, you sound so lovely. You sound so lovely. Okay, <laughs> I, you're so understanding. And okay, so let's, let's, can I ask you a couple of questions while we're on the air? Or would you prefer I give you a general yep. answer? I will and try to answer them. <laughs> okay, so no, go ahead. Uh, first off, I will say that. You sound like, um, you know, a, a lot of borrowers that we speak to. And depending on where you go to ask the questions of debt serviceability on a mortgage, they're going to be impacted by the specific rules of the lender you approach. And unfortunate as it is, different banks treat rental income differently. Some banks will only use half of the of the income that you're taking in towards the serviceability of your debt whereas others will take all of it some banks or all banks we know require a stress test but some lenders like credit unions require no stress test when qualifying mm -hmm. you for the mortgage so if you think about like just like let's just add in two things right if you're with one of the big banks they're probably not taking into account the entirety of the rental income and if they're discounting it by half, 
And are you in Toronto? Where are you? Where are you, Brenda? Uh, Elmira. Okay, so you're in Elmira. What's the approximate value of your home? Um, probably uh, in today's market, at least seven hundred. Okay, uh, and so you you probably had an appraisal done recently for the separate the divorce. Uh, yeah, we had it done maybe a year ago, and I think I believe it was six fifty. Okay, fantastic. So seven hundred, maybe even more. Um, and what is the dollar amount of the first mortgage that you've got on there? Um, it's actually on a line of credit, and it mm-hmm. is. I want to say, um, offhand, I want to say maybe four fifty. Okay, good. And and the total amount of the unsecured debt that you're taking on and rolling into that mortgage, what's that? Besides the mortgage, um, probably about sixty thousand. Okay, so we need a five hundred ten thousand dollar new first mortgage. You've got two two uh, sources of rental income that are coming in, although they are uh, non arms length. Uh, what what are the dollar amounts of the rental income that you've got coming in? I got about thirty five seconds left. Okay, we'll be really quick. Okay, listen, uh, I don't even know what you're doing for job, but you're full time. I don't see a way. I don't see. Okay, so you will qualify you. I guarantee it. Um, it, Another little small problem that you might be encountering right now is that the bank that you're going to, the unsecured credit, is driving down your credit score. We may need to take Mm -hmm. that off the credit bureau with a quick, cheap second mortgage, bundle it all together, increase your credit score, prove all that income, refinance you. Brenda, I got to go. Thank you very much. Uh, Follow up uh, with Connect 416-766-2666. Guys, right up against the clock. But thank you for a great hour. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Ian. Thank you so much, Ian. The Mortgage Show here on News Talk 1010 with the team from Connect, the best mortgage now and forever. Check out connect.ca, C-A-N-N-E-C-T dot C-A. This has been The Mortgage Show here on News Talk 1010.